We're standing ready Lord please I can take a guess Oh would you please We are ready I'm lifted by the spirits Hello, humans. Welcome back to the Slackline Quote of the Day broadcast. Uh, it is Friday. You are listening to The Boss. The Boss is coming! That's a made-up, dumb fairy tale name, you We are at January 19th, 2018, uh, coming at you from Vancouver, Canada. Uh, we are chatting uh, any type of quotes or anything that kind of sparks my interest, sparks Greg's interest, or our engineer in the sound booth. Uh, we're breaking things down uh, from my own personal perspective and uh, and uh, giving everybody a taste of what I think. So our sponsor today, Instant Enlightenment. Just mix with hot water and let the smooth taste of Nirvana wash over you. That is Instant Enlightenment. Uh, bringing us our quote today, and our quote today comes from the Buddha himself, and it is, The thought manifests as the word, the word manifests as the deed. The deed develops into habit, and habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its ways with care, and let it spring from love, born out of concern for all beings. As the shadow follows the body, as we think, so we become. That is uh, Buddha um, from the 5th century BC. I think that's how I'm supposed to read that. Um, yeah, that uh, that was a quote I came across today, and it sparked my interest for this Friday afternoon because actually there's a Buddhist temple right across my right across the street from me, and I walk uh, I walk Boris past there every day, and, and I've always considered you know possibly going in there. Uh, I'm not a religious person at all. In fact, I'm actually uh, very against organized religion as a whole. But Buddhism kind of attracts me a little bit, I think, because it's not really organized or uh, not in the sense that something like uh, like Christianity or Islam is. It's very much more of like an individual spiritualism, an individual way of life than it is about uh, you know, worshiping uh, a deity or something like that, which is what uh, I think what really uh, draws me to, to Buddhism. Uh, it follows a teacher, uh, not a deity, or at least in its traditional form. Yeah, there are a few forms of Buddhism as it's grown through uh, through the years. Um, it started with, uh, with uh, apparently, uh, uh, like the son of a king named uh, Siddhartha Gautama, and he was uh, like locked away and, and provided a bunch of 
you know, luxuries and everything of the world, but uh, but was actually kind of a prisoner. And he escaped a few times from his palace and saw, uh, saw you know, the, the injustices of the real world and left his life of luxury behind and, and sought an enlightenment by fasting and by meditating and ended up meditating under a tree for a month and, and reaching uh, nirvana. And uh, that's something that, that interests me in in itself like whenever you hear of uh you know religious people having religious experiences or something like that or new religions born out of a vision that somebody had uh when i look at applying something like meditating and fasting to modern knowledge it makes sense to me that somebody you know after long periods of that you know potentially on the verge of even death from starvation you know can start their brain can start uh, doing crazy things, you know, hallucinating and that type of thing, especially if they've just been sitting in silence and, and in their own mind, uh, you know, for, for as long a period as that. Uh, it makes sense that they would start to see visuals and and and, uh, and have out-of-body experiences and stuff like that. I'm not discounting that those are, are things. Like, uh, I think it's interesting that somebody maybe went into that state and came out with, uh, a totally different outlook on life uh, that involved, you know, uh, like the quote says, concern for all beings and, and, you know, developing proper character and stuff, that they turned that into a teaching and that people actually followed that teaching. You know, I don't see, I see that as just kind of, you know, following any sort of uh, leader that you think has the right idea versus following uh somebody who claims to be like divinity on earth or god incarnate or, or, or something along those lines uh so yeah they he he kind of brought about what uh what traditional buddhism looks at as the four noble truths to live by and uh the first one is all life and suffering <laughs> uh, which i think we could all kind of agree with if you think about it uh the source of suffering is desire is number two uh, and number three is to rid yourself of desire to stop the suffering. Um, that's probably where most of the, uh, actual discipline and, uh, and, uh, you know, rituals and things like that come into Buddhism, uh, and to follow an eightfold and uh, the fourth uh, noble truth is to follow an eightfold path, which kind of <laughs> is a cheat to me. It, it it makes it more like well why aren't there just uh eleven noble truths instead of four noble truths one of which contains eight, um anyways uh yeah the the eightfold path is right view right intention right speech right action right livelihood right effort right mindfulness and right concentration, and I think that it's I think um it's attractive to people or it became attractive to people because you know it was it was uh, a way of finding enlightenment without dying, really. Uh, you could find enlightenment in this life. You could find enlightenment, um, you know, without passing through judgment or something like that. You can you can achieve it yourself uh, by living in this, you know, what is looked at as kind of a selfless manner. Um, you know, we can we can look into that a little bit more because I wouldn't necessarily call ridding yourself of desire selfless because other people play into your desires too and other people desire things from you 
and if you don't participate in those things then you are obviously you know kind of selfish in a weird way but um so that's why buddhism kind of picked up because people you know uh like the idea of following like a personal path which would lead to like greater you know harmony uh for everybody versus um you know trying to institutionalize uh these ideas and and uh and uh, spread them that way uh something that that really hits me from the first uh kind of incarnation of buddhism is is the control of thought and it plays back into the the quote here um it's the basis of it right the thought manifests as word and on down the list it becomes our actions um I've always kind of considered it impossible to control your thoughts. Um, but I guess that is the, uh, I guess that is kind of the whole basis of something like Buddhism, something like meditation. Um, I like, maybe, maybe I'm looking at meditation wrong, but I, I kind of figured meditation was more like allowing your brain to, take its own path versus trying to control uh what you're thinking about or where it's going um maybe that's maybe that's a wrong way to look at it i know more people kind of consider it of just you know pushing everything out of your mind and and living i don't know if that means living in a blank see to me like pushing everything out of your mind means not again not controlling it because i i don't think that you can really control the fleeting thoughts that enter and and leave I would think that meditation more involves um, allowing those fleeting thoughts to enter and leave as they go versus dwelling on any one of them. Um, I mean, how can you reach something like enlightenment without actually thinking, you know, without actually, you know, thinking and considering and, and, uh, and pondering, you know, (laughs) all different uh, synonyms for thinking. So maybe that's a fundamental, maybe that's a fundamental disconnect that would kind of preclude preclude me from something like, uh, from something like Buddhism. Um, but there was a newer version, like there is a newer version of Buddhism. I mean, new being relative, uh, because it's still thousands of years ago. But um, as Buddhism kind of grew, uh, the people who were leaders, uh, they tried to kind of socially integrate these ideas uh so that everybody could kind of live by them you know more as like a law format um versus a personal code of ethics or or uh or mindfulness and so it's it's uh it's kind of new direction was more geared uh as a need to take care of each other and spread uh spread social welfare versus um you know really like concentrating on yourself and and spreading and spreading goodness that way uh so focused on proper behavior uh towards everybody you know not uh not in like a in a, a class system necessarily um but proper behavior just towards people um whether that be employees or or servants or anything like that uh respect and and generosity and so i mean the only thing that really plays into into that from from the previous incarnation of buddhism is that the behavior can be that the proper behavior uh 
is is kind of achieved from following the the four noble truths and from that proper behavior you will uh you know you will respect the people around you and you will uh you will uh provide you know generosity and social welfare and and, and that type of thing uh and this is also where the uh the whole like not killing living things comes from um i mean i'm sure it was a a propensity of you know all of these things right view right intention right speech right action i'm 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 sure it would fall under right intention or right action when considering uh the f- the eightfold path but as far as like not killing any living beings and it, as it's applied to you know even the smallest of things you know how low does that go because i know a lot of people take buddhism and and translate it into like veganism and stuff like that which makes sense uh, and it's something that I've had a tough time getting around because I honestly, like I, I have a tough time with the substitutes for, for meat, uh, the protein substitutes, not just like things that are fake meat, but like beans and those types of things. Anyways. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the veganism, I mean, when you're talking about living things, I mean, even like plants are alive too. Right. And they have microorganisms in there that are, uh, that are living and, and acting, you know, on a level of what we would call life so uh so where does that where does that end you know um does it end at a certain nano uh nanometer length or something uh yeah that 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 type of thing i mean maybe that line of thinking is what basically breaks down most religions for me and and ties me to not really uh uh not really aligning myself with anything including atheism because um while i don't believe in god or anything like that uh i can't say for sure what happens after what happens to our consciousness after we die and so as far as things like buddhism and things like uh hinduism reaching different levels of energy and consciousness like i don't really i don't really discount those types of ideas uh which is i think why something like buddhism uh is attractive to me so I think going back to it, um, the only thing that kind of keeps me away from it, I think there's this possible fundamental issue of of controlling your thoughts and, and how that works. And uh, I think I'd really like to speak to an actual Buddhist about it. I, I, I'm, I'm considering maybe just walking over there and, and uh, maybe sitting and seeing if anybody wants to just chat about it for a little while um, because I'd love to learn more. I did take a, a, a course on religion in, in university, and so that's kind of as far as my knowledge goes, we spent like, you know, a few weeks on Buddhism or like a, a class and a half on Buddhism or whatever. Uh, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I always found it really interesting more because it's personal. You don't have to necessarily go to like the church and you don't necessarily, um, you know, it doesn't have this cultish feeling. Like I, I grew up Catholic and, um, we went to church as a kid you know, as most Catholics do, um, it started out every Sunday when we were younger and, and as we got busier and busier, it grew into, you know, Christmas and Easter. And then, uh, yeah, when I was 14 or 15, I decided it was all bullshit and, and didn't go anymore. And I haven't really been since other than, um, the odd time when we're with our grandparents or something like that. But even then I've now kind of taken a stance of, of sort of refusing to go because I've been to a few, uh, a few like kind of gatherings, <laughs> for lack of a better term, centered around 
Catholicism and Christianity that are, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're things that my parents dragged us to when they were going through the divorce, uh, certain like self-help seminars and, and that type of deal that, you know, it just kind of brought about a really cultish sort of attitude to me of everybody having the same uh, idea about something. And, and like, we have to conform to this sort of thought process and we, and everything has to be about God's love and, and how he, you can invite them into your life and, and that type of thing. And honestly, a few of them, had like, well, the last one I attended, actually, I just, me and my younger brother just like left. We looked at each other like, dude, do you want to be here anymore? Like, no. And then so um, we told our dad that we were going to go take a break and, and we didn't come back to it because it was just, well, I don't know. It gave me an uneasy feeling. But the idea, yeah, the idea of internalizing everything and uh, and kind of trying to reach a level of, of uh, consciousness for just like myself and the people around me that allows me to, you know, operate maybe a bit more altruistically um you know and or maybe a bit less hypocritically throughout life um that that interests me uh but uh uh so from a from a teaching perspective a teaching of discipline and a teaching of like self moderation and stuff like that uh i find buddhism to be something that uh that is very intriguing so i think i might go across the street and talk to those people in the next couple of days and just uh just see if anybody wants to have a chat with me uh but yeah maybe we'll leave it there that is it for uh, the Slackline quote of the day for this week. Uh, TGIF, thank you very much to anybody who's listening. Uh, we will go through that quote again. That quote is from the Buddha. Uh, the thought manifests itself as the word. The word manifests itself as the deed. The deed develops into habit, and habit hardens into character. So watch the thought and its ways with care, and let it spring from love born out of concern for all beings. As the shadow follows the body, as we think, so we become. That again is Buddha. And that quote again is brought to us by instant enlightenment. Uh, for those who don't want to go through the rigorous process of self-discipline and moderation, instant enlightenment, just mix with hot water and let the smooth taste of nirvana wash over you. Uh, maybe that's a cheaper and easier way to go than, uh, than going across the street and devoting myself to an entire religion. But I have, uh, I have my concerns about whether or not instant enlightenment is achievable, but they are bringing us our quote today. Anyways, again, uh, instant enlightenment just mixed with water and let smooth taste of Nirvana wash over you. Uh, thanks again to the crooked spies and Axel boss for providing their music today. Uh, if you're not following the slack line on Instagram, it is at the slack dot line. On Twitter at Slackline underscore radio and YouTube at the Slackline podcast. Uh, make sure you guys are all subscribing and following and all that fun stuff. Uh, you have been listening to The Boss. The Boss is coming! That's a made up dumb fairy tale name, you Thanks again to anybody who's tuning in. You have been listening to The Slackline quote of the day. Uh, happy Friday. Happy weekend, anybody. We will talk to you again on Sunday with the Lars Slackline and see you again Monday for the uh, next quote of the day. Have a great week. Yeah.